With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Calvin Chamberlain's voice. Hello, mate. <laughs> What's up, boss? Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. It's Careless Whispers on a Wednesday night. My name is Matt Rury. That was Calvin Chamberlain. And we are on CLNS Radio. We're going old school tonight, and I'm just going to get it going. I'm not going to even get into any anything other than the, than the topics. Here we go. Let's just kick it right off. We're starting with the Celtics topic, Calvin. And actually, I lied. Before we get into that Celtics topic, I might as well tell you about the Celtics game that is coming up in a few weeks on February 10th. That's right. Old friend Paul Pierce is coming home. And we, Feeling Us Radio, are giving away tickets to you, the fans, and the listeners. Feeling Us Radio and Tick IQ have teamed up. You're going to the game. You're going to get in the building and we're going to draw one random winner to win a pair of tickets to go to the January, or I'm sorry, to the, go to the February 10th game against the Clippers. We're drawing that on January 31st uh, on Celtics Beat. So listen to Celtics Beat to see if you're the winner. All you have to do to enter is follow CLNS Radio on Twitter. That's it. Very simple. Follow us on Twitter. You probably already are. If you're not, go follow, and you'll be entered. Maybe you'll be the one to win the pair of tickets. And don't forget, if you don't win those tickets you can purchase tickets to all your local sports teams and concerts and shows by downloading the tick iq app for your iphone or android and uh, get 10 percent off your first purchase if you use the promo code boston on the app not just not the website anymore it's the app go get that app and use the code boston when downloading it uh and or sorry when checking out there on your first purchase and that's it you get 10 percent off all right, the meaning of that was to tell you about the Celtics game. You can get there. Now we're going to talk about the Celtics. And they're playing right now. They were just down 15 again or something like that and came back uh, and to, to, have, to take a lead at halftime. And uh, Calvin, despite pumping me up, I don't, know, I, I don't know if you're going to let me down here. Maybe you can come up with some random ones off the, off the top of your head. We were going to go over some Celtics potential trades tonight. That was going to be exciting. Well, that's it. That's what you hate trade talk. I love trade talk, but well, 
I in the past I've I've looked turned away from trade talk because uh, it's tough to speculate on who is is available. And I've on the teams when the Celtics were playing well, I didn't even care to talk about it because most of those guys I wanted to stick around. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, this team, it's obvious they need a trade, so I'm willing. I'm willing to talk about it. How about that? I'm, I'm more open to to the idea. Nice, nice. Well, here's the thing. Let's let's talk about why why the Celtics need a trade for a moment before we before I just jump right into trade hot trade draft. Great. I was just, I'm thinking about this team. It's 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 not just that they're they're sort of in that mediocre. Uh, I I loathe to say mediocre middle, but you know mediocre. Sort of bottom of the the playoffs, uh, you know, top of the lottery area where they're they're probably not going to win a first round series as currently constructed, but they could. And then they're you know they're not bad enough to to really get a high lottery pick. People say you need to get out of that zone. Whatever with that, that's not even it with me. With me, it's just the fact that they have all these draft picks, right? That they keep they keep drafting guys every year, and what what comes of those draft picks at this point, they don't have space, or more importantly, they don't have minutes to keep giving guys uh, who come into the league every year. Rory, do you feel confident in knowing uh, whether or not Terry Rozier is a good player? Do you do you feel confident in knowing whether or not James Young is a good player? Oh, James yeah, Young how do you feel is, about is, RJ Hunter? Yeah, I feel okay about R.J. Hunter from what we've seen, but I mean, obviously, you can't project that long term with a, such a small sample size. The other two, James Young doesn't look that good, but he's still very young, no pun intended. And uh, Rozier, we have no clue at all. Okay. So, no, you don't feel good about those guys. And, Calvin, yes, that's a, that's a concern because they have another three draft picks this year in the first round, and that's going to produce very capable players. So I'm concerned here that Danny Ainge has l- quite literally shown his hand in saying, I have these picks. And I need to trade him or somebody, and he's not going to get good value for any sort of deal that he wants to make because people know he has to make a deal. Great. To the best of your knowledge, have any of those three played more than 20 minutes in a single NBA game? I don't believe so. Or even even 20 minutes. Has, have any of them played 20 minutes? Maybe in a blowout? Probably that's, not. That's, right? I mean, I that's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a quick basketball reference search on that, but I don't believe so. I'm going to say probably not. Yeah, so needless to say, you know, maybe you've seen glimpses uh, from James Young. I haven't, you know, I feel like I haven't seen enough of him to have any opinion at all. Uh, So, I don't know. And I feel like the horizon is not looking good for these guys getting minutes anytime soon. With the already, you know, David Lee can't get minutes on this team. Tyler Zeller is, uh, essentially went from a starter last year to a guy who couldn't get minutes if his life depends on it, right? Oh, so 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 James James Young on February fifteenth, two thousand fourteen, played twenty minutes and six seconds uh, in oh. in a game that uh, let's see where's the score of this game. Boston, wait a minute. Uh, the Celtics beat Denver one hundred four to one hundred at home in that game, and James Young did play 20 minutes. So I guess that is probably his most significant minutes, but it's also Calvin in a stretch. And actually, look here, the last game of the season last year, he played 24 minutes. Uh, So 
that 20 minute game was in a stretch where he, he played 17, 20, 11, 17, 18, 10, 18. So I would imagine somebody was hurt at that point and he ha- he was forced into playing. All right. Well, I, I take it back. I guess we do know. But the book is out on James Jones. That's right. The other two, though, Rozier, definitely not. And R.J. Hunter, uh, I will look right now, but I don't believe so. All right. So, so the, the, the bottom line is the Celtics have way too many guys, and they oh, have to start. I'm wrong again. We're both, we're both wrong again. <laughs> oh. Um, on November 24th this season, against the Hawks in Atlanta, uh, the Celtics lost that game by – 25 or 24 and Hunter played 20 minutes. That's it though. He's played, he's played a couple 18, 19, 17 minute games this year, but that's about it. Should have said 24 minutes for for myself. Yep. You should have. So these guys are stats to back it up. There they are. The point is no, they, they still don't have enough time under their belt to determine any sort of consistency that they may have going forward, and definitely not enough time to figure out whether they're better than a college player that we don't have any clue whether they'll play well in the NBA because they're not a clear number one type of guy. It's not like it's a it's an Anthony Davis like type of situation. Ben Simmons will, will be a, a good player, right? But after that, I don't even know, and especially if the Celtics are looking at their third pick in the first round, they're going to get a somewhat capable player, but it's going to be another situation like we're seeing right now where they won't crack the lineup for a little while and you won't be able to tell. And you're just sitting on, on these players. And uh, I, that's where I, why I say that I think Danny Ainge has sort of tied his hands here and teams are going to take advantage of that and milk him for what, for everything he's worth and not give him good value. Yeah, Brandon Ingram of Duke is supposed to be a good player as well, but I don't know. I haven't seen enough college now one way or the other. If you know, we need, we need Mad Dog to come back on this show yeah. and get a segment and do some college basketball talk for us. That's what we need. Maybe we just need callers in general. 323-642-1484. You can give us a call. There you go. Um, all right, Calvin. What sort of traits right. have you come up with uh, for me uh, to analyze as far as the Celtics are concerned? All right, I got some trades, and these are all guys who you can get conceivably. You know, I, I threw out I, – I, sure, it'd be great to get DeMarcus Cousins. You know, I did a Celtics uh, post-game show the other day, and I, I threw out, you know, guys like Dwight Howard and even Carmelo as, you know, possible guys that you could get with the right offer. Right. We've and discussed that on this like, show before, too. Yeah. Yep. We, we have, and, yet, and, and the, the guy I was hosting with was like, well, I'd like DeMarcus Cousins. Well, you know, what? I'd like DeMarcus Cousins as well, right? But yep. DeMarcus Cousins doesn't mean you can get like, – just because you want DeMarcus Cousins doesn't mean that you can get DeMarcus Cousins. So Correct. he's not he's not on my list. These are all guys that are gettable. So, again, you, you may look at these guys and say, why would I want this guy? Well, there's a lot of reasons why, why you might not want this guy. This guy might need a change of scenery. Some of them are not necessarily that old. Some of them fit the Celtics sure. system. So, so here goes. All right? First guy on my list uh, is Jared Sollinger, uh, Kelly Olenek, and the Mavericks pick for Marquise Morris. Mm. Uh, I'm going to start by saying that Sean Grandy has been 
preaching the whole entire Celtics game tonight that Kelly Olenek is in the top five in the NBA since Thanksgiving in three-point shooting and leads the Eastern Conference in three-point shooting. So uh, I just want to throw that out there before I say no on Marquise Morris. Because personally, Calvin, um, I think that his his attitude regarding just uh, not being able to play with his brother is kind of an issue. And that his brother has taken – He's play, He's playing better in Detroit than uh, than Markeith is. Marcus Sanders is playing better than Markeith, and I just I don't know if I would want him here. And I think that we already have that guy, and you're sending him away. And Jared Selinger, to me, they're very similar, and I would almost rather have Selinger than than Morris anyway. So I'm I'm going to go no on Markeith Morris. Interesting. What if I saw what? Uh, well, First of all, in, in regards to uh, what you said about Morris, my understanding is that he and his brother uh, took a sweetheart deal from the Suns. He's only making $8 million this season uh, with the idea that they wouldn't split up, he and his brother, and the team uh-huh. sort of backstabbed him and then traded I his see. brother. And, that, and that's why he's angry about it more than you know just the simple fact that he traded his brother. That's all right, well, that's, that's, apparently that's fair enough. That's fair enough, and if he's willing to play for another team, then then fine. Maybe his attitude will get better. Uh, but I still kind of look at him as just a little bit better than Jared Sollinger, and especially the way Olenek's been playing recently, uh, I wouldn't quite give up on him yet. I still wish that he could get a little quicker uh, with his feet, but um, I, I just I don't see this that as a as a winning move for the Celtics for some reason. What if I were to to make that same offer? Okay, but I but I'm I'd swap out Olenek for Evan Turner. Evan Turner, Sullinger, and the Mavericks pick. That's that's a little sweeter. Although I did tell Nick Sacento on the post game show the other night that uh, if they signed Evan Turner to a long term deal, I am at the point where I would accept that and not complain about it. Uh, that doesn't mean that I want them to do that or that I that I think that they should overpay for him or something of that nature. But I have come around on Evan Turner. Um, it does sound intriguing to free up a guard spot and give somebody else some more time while also somewhat upgrading the power forward position. Morris is a little bit better than Sollinger, I will say that, although I think they're very similar, and that's why when you throw Olenek in there, I'm not so sure I want to I want to make that deal. But if you're talking about Turner, Calvin, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. I really would. I'm not sure on that one. Well, well, think about it. We're doing a show here. Here we go. What's next? I'll think about that more. That that Turner deal. That's, you know, all right. Let's go with it. Let's go with the Turner deal. Turner Sellinger and the pick. We'll take Marquise Morris off the Suns' hands. Okay. Alright. Uh the next trade is David Lee, Olenek, and the Celtics own pick in next year's draft for Greg Monroe of the Milwaukee Bucks. Just signed a contract. Does not really fit their system. Slows them down immensely. They could use mm-hmm. a player like Olenek. David Lee's contract uh you know, with Olenek basically uh <clears throat> fills Fills the uh, Greg Monroe contract situation. 
which and I would definitely do that deal because while he slows Milwaukee down, I don't think that he would slow the Celtics down too much. You've talked in, in depth about how the Celtics are trying to do the Golden State Warriors thing. And Andrew Bogut is one of the slowest centers in the league. Now, granted, he doesn't get more than 20 to 25 minutes a game out there. But if that was going to be the role for Greg Monroe and maybe a little bit expanded, I would take that in a heartbeat. That sounds like a, a, a big win for me uh, and the Celtics if, uh, if they were to be able to pull that off. So, yeah, I'll take Greg Monroe for sure. Speaking of the Celtics, how 96-90 through three quarters against Toronto? What, what is going on? Yeah, the defense the defense has left the building tonight in that in that uh, game. But um, the Celtics had a lead at halftime, and Toronto just took it right back in the third quarter. So, okay, well, I, we will keep our eye on that game. <clears throat> See how that goes. All right, Rory. Now this guy's been thrown out recently as a possibility uh, for trade, and I'm sure you might have anticipated this. Uh, this is a guy who fits right into the, the Celtic system, uh, essentially, or at least what they wanted to. Uh, he, unfortunately, he's another one of those guys, like seemingly all the big men in the Celtics rotation, who provide value on one end, but much less value on the other end. Uh, this scenario, uh, again, a David Lee contract, Celtics pick in next year's draft, and I'm trying. I'm trying to decide. Hey, uh, you like you know you like uh, you like Solinger better than I think. I feel like Olenek. It would have to be Olenek, just logically. Uh, for Ryan Anderson. Yeah, you wouldn't want to have two uh, wing shooters at, at the power forward and center position. That's what Anderson yeah. would bring you. I'm a little torn yeah. on Anderson. Uh, he he's a little. He he's a little injury prone, if you ask me, and it's he's had some tough injuries, so I don't want to knock the guy because there have been some freak things that have happened to him. But um, I don't, I'm not really sure. Four. He is a stretch four, but I'm not really sure what that does for you, as far as 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 far as improving your situation for a championship. I, I feel like a, a deal that you're you're getting rid of. If you're getting rid of Kelly Olin, you're you need to improve on that position for more than just the next year or two because the window is not is still not open uh, unless you make some more moves and there's something else to come from that. So I feel like you need a better a bigger upgrade than that if you're going to deal Kelly Olenek away. Fair enough. So your your thing is you're trading for an older player in a situation where you're not you're not going to be you're not you're not getting yourself out of that hole that you're in. Yeah, that's and that's sort of why I that's sort of why I would I would be okay with that Markeith Morris deal. He's a younger player and an upgrade, a slight upgrade over Jared Sullinger. If you're if you're sending Sullinger away, if you're going to send Olenek away, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to get a, a player that's more of a short term situation. I, I'd still want to upgrade young if possible. Okay, fair enough. All right. <laughs> And that's you know what uh, just to expand on that that's because I think Kelly Olynyk has improved vastly in the past 365 days the calendar not the calendar year but the the, the last NBA year if you will uh, I, I feel like he's improved quite a bit and I think that 
that he's going to keep getting better. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to be an all-star someday. I don't believe that. But I think he's going to be a serviceable stretch four. And if the Celtics can find a way to piece in players around a guy like that, I think that, that he'll he'll be an asset to a, a pretty good team down the line. I actually agree with you. I think he has really progressed nicely, as opposed to, to a Solinger who I think has regressed from maybe what he was in his second year uh, yeah. last year. Yeah. I don't know if it's a lack of confidence or what, but he yeah. And maybe not, you know what, maybe not even regress. Maybe he just sort of stayed a little stagnant. Sullinger hasn't, he hasn't done anything crazy this year. He hasn't really made us taken a step forward. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a step back, but he just sort of seems to be the same. Yeah, but I think in his second season, there was a lot of optimism about Sullinger. He, you know, he, I don't know, he seemed more aggressive, particularly as a rebounder. Uh, and a, you know a guy who did post play. Maybe these, this offense is, is not ideal for him. And I know like nobody wants to see Jared Sullinger attempting threes. Uh, I don't know how many calls I, I, I take it on Jared Sullinger's perimeter game. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe the system is just not right for him. Maybe it's just the NBA's direction is not right for him. I hate to be that guy. Even though I don't well, completely believe that notion anyway. But. You know what? I read a quote from him the other day. I don't know if you saw this or heard this anywhere. Maybe Jared provided it to somebody on the post-game show when he did the Garden or the Grandstand App locker room report. Who knows? Uh, but Solinger was somebody asked him about why he stopped sort of taking as many threes, and he said it's not that he's not taking as many threes; it's that he's not focused on where he's taking threes. Apparently, for the first two months of the season, he was worried about analytics and he used the word analytics in his answer. And he was worried about like his shot chart and where his threes were coming from and trying to get them on those sort of uh, free throw elbow extended type of threes instead of in the corner or, or the top of the key, or maybe the top of the key was, was one of his choices as well. But the point is that he was basing things on that as, as opposed to, trying to get them in the flow of the game or, or where he's comfortable. So he said that more recently he's just started to shoot wherever he is, and it doesn't matter if he's behind the three-point line or not. He's not trying to force a three. And I think that's a that's a smart way to look at things, but I'm not sure why he wasn't doing that before. I, I, maybe it's overconfidence in, in his ability to knock the shot down, but doesn't that come from the coaching staff as well? Interesting. That's that's weird because I I feel like he's I mean maybe maybe I need to see a shot chart but I I, I thought like uh, I don't know what he's at this year but last year he was at like twenty four percent three so I I imagine that his shot from anywhere a lot of three point line is not great right maybe he has one spot where he's he's really good and he was trying to get to that spot but yeah I don't know. <laughs> Case, Rudy, I have one more for you. Here, I found I yeah. found the um, let me I, I found the, the the quote here. Let me just uh, get okay. the uh, just pull into where's this thing? Oh, this website fooled me. It's a it's a headline exactly with the quote that I was looking for, and you go to the website and it's just a bunch of his numbers. Roto World, we'll go there instead. That site fooled me. I should have just stuck with the with the uh, the old faithful here. Okay, here's the exact quote. Uh, so 
Sullinger has decided to do shooting analytics. Quote, I think that was my biggest thing is that I was worried about where I was popping at. I didn't want to shoot it along two. Analytics say to shoot the three. I just threw the analytics out the door. Wherever you pop, just shoot it. And so that's his mindset going forward now. Wherever you pop, just shoot it. So he was worried about getting out to the three-point line. And I think people that watch basketball and him in particular have known for a very long time that he should just shoot it when he, wherever he can get free. doesn't matter. Right. He shouldn't have to come out to the three-point line, you know, and that would still fit within the flow of the offense. So I'm glad he's finally realized it, but it took a while. I mean, Avery Bradley and Evan Turner don't mind taking long to use it. Right, exactly. So, That's that, They yeah. live on that. And ter- I mean, Evan Turner's a horrible three-point shooter, so he knows right. he needs to get that mid-range two-pointer. So Sullinger should just follow those guys' lead. And you know what? If he starts to do that, uh, teams may start to sag off him a little more, and he may be able to get free to make some moves in the post for once, which he has very good moves in the post. That's Ultimately, I think that he should try and get towards that in his game and become that low-post player because that's where he belongs in the NBA, if you ask me. I just feel like, yeah, he does. And I feel like he used to, I, I don't know, I just feel like he hasn't been as aggressive this year. And maybe, maybe the, the three-point thing that you're talking about is part of it. Maybe analytics analytics has gotten in his head. And he's had, you know, he's had his moments. I know he really had that shooting slump for a while. That might have affected it, but I, overall, I just I don't see the intensity from him that you know I've seen in his best games. Bye, Ray. In any case, I have one more. You're probably not going to like it, knowing what I know uh, about you. Knowing what you know but, about me. <laughs> yeah. So he attempted 208 threes his second season, 184 last year, and he's taken 70 so far this year. Go ahead. Okay, are we at what what game are we on in the season? We're on we game forty one. Right? Game, yeah, yeah. exactly. We're halfway. Well, then, then um, they, yeah. So he's 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 about forty off his. Oh, if if you double that game, up, he'd be about forty less. Yeah. Per game, he's cut it in half. Per game, he he has cut it in half, but uh, he's also not playing as much, and in general, he's not shooting as much. So you have to factor that in too. Anyway, what's the, what's the uh, a good point. last trade? Per minute, he might not be that far off at all. Okay. Oh, you know what, Calvin? I have that as well. Yeah. Would you like that? That's yeah, actually that's actually almost he shoot last year. He shot four point two threes per thirty six minutes, and this year yes, he's sir. shooting two two and a half. I stand corrected. There you go. So it it is down. His shooting is he's, he's shooting less this year. And uh, what is this stat? Three-point attempt rate. Oh, this is probably a good one. Those, If you like those analytical stats, bring in the analytics Sloan Sports Conference here to uh, to Careless Whispers. The three-point attempt rate is the percentage of field goal attempts from three-point range, Calvin. And this is much lower than it was last, last year. Uh, he shot 23% in his second season, 26% from three-point range in his third season and this year only 18% of his shots have come from three point range so he has drastically reduced that fair enough done done with that's that's enough of the stats for the night huh all you stat geeks out you, there you're the stat welcome master. that's I, I did like that last one that's a good stat 
because it, it, it takes into account the fact that he's taking less shots this year. You know what I mean? So it's really a, right. a pure number of what percentage of those are less threes. Anyway. Correct. Last one. All right, last trade. Let's go. All right. David Lee. Next David Lee contract is just gold. Evan Turner. And the Dallas pick for one Rudolph Gay of the Sacramento Kings. Oh, boy. This one I go back and forth on over and over and over and over. Part part of it is factored into the to the fact that uh or part of part of the thing that I factor in is I, I'm not really sure how how tough Rudy Gay is. And by that I mean sometimes he comes off as kind of a soft player. I'm not sure if that's because he's been in the wrong situations. Uh I don't know if he's a number one scorer. Maybe he's a one A type of scorer. And I don't know if if he can lead a team like that. With that being said, the thing that the Celtics need more than anything in my mind is scoring from the small forward position. He can play a little four as well if he has to. I guess he can, if they want to go big, he can play the two guard. But he'd pretty much be playing small forward if you ask me. And, and I, that's I feel- what they need more than anything, Calvin. Do you disagree with that? Um. No, I don't. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think that that swingman position. Okay, is so so the, people people would argue that that Jay Crowder's the three, and he's the they just signed him to a long term deal, and he's great, and he does all these things. And I would say Jay Crowder can play anywhere you want him to play. So forget about Jay Crowder in this situation. Forget about whose minutes Rudy Gay is going to take. Bring him here if they if that's a deal that they would that they would accept, then bring him here because he can score and he's he's a significant upgrade over what they have now at that position. Well, the answer to the other question of whose minutes he's going to take is obvious. He's taking Evan Turner's minutes. I mean, Evan Turner plays half of every game. Look at his look at his numbers. You know what I mean? He's yeah, playing. that's right. He does he does play a, a yeah. lot of minutes. But I mean, Gabe would still would still be getting more than that. Turner plays what thirty minutes a game, something like that. Gabe would be playing well, probably close to thirty five, if not more. So. Um, there are somebody else would still have to take a hit there, but I'm saying it doesn't matter who it is because he's still an upgrade, a, a significant. Well, yeah, upgrade. And, yeah, and Rudy Gay gets a bad rap, but if you if you look at his defense the last couple of years, it's improved. It's not a, he's not a great defender, but he's not a bad. He's not a liability on that end at this point. Um, you it, you know maybe, maybe I'm no, I'm talking myself into thinking maybe uh, maybe you'd have to go Dallas and your own pick, but. I just because of you know, I think I'd be okay with that too. Up. You know what? At this point, at this point, that's fine with me. Yeah. Uh, they they still they still need to keep some of these other players. They're forced to. Right. So I mean, don't draft You're anybody else. You're clearing up a roster spot. You know what? If yeah. they like if they like Jordan Mickey, who's who's a player that they have now as well, and he's been playing really well in the D League. If they want to keep him around, that's a, that's one more draft pick next year that you can you pretty much can't use. So. You've you've right. got to free up something, so that I mean I'm fine I mean, with here's, that. Yeah, here's, the, here's the, the only the only draft pick that really matters next year for the Celtics is that Brooklyn Nets draft pick. Let's be honest. Yep, that's right. Yeah, unless it's Dallas other, implodes. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Dallas I don't is think. Not, I mean, at this point, at this point, it's pretty obvious that Dallas is not going to 
Dallas is not going to implode to the point where that that pick's going to have a ton of value. You know what I right. mean? Like, like maybe they maybe they slip into the late lottery where, or maybe the Celtics slip into the late lottery. But the the value in even having the number twelve pick is like it's kind of whatever. I mean, it's, it's, an, it's yeah, cool. it's another it's another R.J. Hunter. It's another right uh, Terry Rozier. It's another I don't know. Uh, right. I don't want to say Justice Winslow, but. Who? Oh, Frank Kaminsky. That's you know, that's who it is. Right. You know, it's a, it's not a player that you you really want on this team right now. Right. That Frank Kaminsky is a perfect example. Yeah. It's it's uh, you know Doug McDermott. Yeah. Oh, who's the name that I saw the other yesterday? And I was like, this guy. It's Sam Decker. He is totally Sam Decker. Yeah. Sam Decker, man, I I just feel like people were talking him up a little bit right before the draft, and what what has he done? Let me let me use my Google machine, my basketball reference, to see what Sam Decker has done this year because maybe we're talking bad about him. We shouldn't be, but no, seriously, uh, no, yeah. that's all it is. The point the point is that uh, the Celtics really uh, don't want to use that mid round draft pick. They just they they shouldn't or that that they shouldn't use it. It's it doesn't make any sense. Sam Decker, for the for the record, has played six minutes this year. Uh, he has not scored. He has a steal. He has a steal and a rebound. Wait, six minutes total? Six minutes uh, in three games? Yes. He must have gotten hurt, right? Now you're gonna have to. I, I, don't, I, need another I don't believe so. I don't believe so, Calvin. Has he? Oh wait, yeah, he did get hurt. You're right. Yeah. But but November fifteenth, he sustained a back injury, and this says he's he's expect, expected to miss three months. So that's right around now. He should be back relatively soon, right? When did these minutes come? Yeah, those minutes must have come at the at the beginning of the season. Or they've come more recently. Yeah, they did come at the beginning of the season. But it was one minute, then four minutes, then three did not plays, then ten seconds, then uh, two... DNPs, and then he went inactive basically for the rest of the way. So I'm not so sure that he cracks Houston's rotation. I just the point is I don't think injury or not, he wasn't going to be playing. That's fine, but we. But my point is much much like you know your James Jens and your Isaiah Henders of the world, we don't know that he's good. In fact, even more so in his in his case because he's right. six total minutes. That's why you don't want the pick. That's why you don't want that pick that's going to yeah. fall at 16, that's 17, why. even 12 exactly for that why. matter. You don't want that pick. Get a player like Rudy Gay and include those picks in there. Oh, my goodness. Bring him, bring it on. But that, the point is I don't think that's – that sounds like a great value. Danny Ainge can't get that value. He can't get that value from – even from Sacramento. They're, they're not that stupid, are they? Well, they are they are that stupid for two reasons. One, again, you, you're getting the, you're getting the two first round picks. Two, Rudy Gay's under contract for a couple of seasons, and David Lee's a free agent, so you're getting the free agent uh, money on top of that. But th- and and three, uh, I guess I only gave I only threw an Evan Turner, so maybe maybe that's an issue. But I, I feel like the two first round picks. If you're Sacramento, you have to take that risk. What's Rudy Gay getting you right now? Man, I ho- I really hope that that deal goes down. Then I hope that that Danny Ainge is listening to us and he and he finally re- realizes something, and that Sacramento, yeah, Danny Ainge is listening oh, yeah. to us. 
And the Sacramento says, yeah, that's that's a great deal. Uh, let's do it. Let's do it. And, and in fact, the, 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 I forgot that the reason I the reason I uh, thought of that was that was in reference to Danny Ainge listening to us. Sorry, the, the reason you thought of Rudy Gay in the first place is that that the Kings offered Rudy Gay straight up for Ryan Anderson, and the Pelicans said no. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Well, sounds like the Kings are that stupid. It's a bad move. I just googled. Sacramento. I just googled Rudy Gay, and I'm getting uh, Sacramento Kings trying to trade Rudy Gay before the deadline. Oh, boy. Go get him, Danny. Somebody call Danny Ainge. Somebody out there listening has Danny Ainge's phone number. I know you do. Call him. Make sure he gets on this. This is the deal. This is the deal to make. I don't care how much he likes Evan Turner. This is the deal. Listen, I've been been wanting an upgrade for a small forward since they traded Paul Pierce. Since the day they traded Paul Pierce, we've I've been wanting that upgrade, and it's just it hasn't come yet, and I don't know if it's going to come anytime soon. If you could pull the trigger on a on a deal like that, I would absolutely take it. All right, Calvin, this is this has been the longest opening. This has been the longest opening Celtics segment in the history of Carolus Whispers. I think we should move okay. on. What do you What do you say? Yeah, that's fine. I would just real quick though. Can you imagine the? Uh the small ball lineup with with Gay and Jay Crowder is three and four. That's pretty strong. I really strong, like it. Right? It is That's pretty strong because Crowder can make yeah. up for any deficiency he has on the defensive end. Plus, he's a pretty good player on offense, so they yeah. would uh, they would have to respect Crowder a little bit, and that would give Rudy Gay a lot of room to work. And I would I would really like that. That would be great. Anyway, to see. Yeah. Pipe dream, maybe we'll see. We'll see if something happens. That would be wonderful. Um. In the meantime, when our show's over, super short and everything else. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We can. Uh, in the meantime, when our show's over, you should uh, go check out audiblepodcast.com. Try that again. Yeah, audiblepodcast.com/slash/celtics, and take a look at the over one hundred and eighty thousand audio programs that you can download. And we used to give you a free one, free audio book. But now, instead, we're just going to give you a free 30-day trial. You can download as many audio books as you want for 30 days for free. It's pretty sweet. That's, again, audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. And uh, check it out. The one that uh, they're telling you to go look at and then listen to, once you look at the description to it, is Rise of the Robots, Technology and the Threat of a Jobless Future. By Martin Ford. Doesn't that sound exciting, Calvin? Jobless future. I'm ready to have no job. No job, but the robots are going to take over, so you're going to really have to probably be a slave to them. Sorry they don't make me work. All right, 30-day free trial, audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. That's audiblepodcast.com slash Celtics. Do, 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 what button do I want to push? Let's play, let's play random, let's see, I'll tell you, how many clips are there here? One, two, three, four, seven, uh, looks like there's about 20 clips here. Give me a number, one through 20. 17. 17. 
and make sure it's right then. Oh, wow. Wrong! That's it. That's all it is. We're really only 17, so I'm going to play this one. We're having fun. All right. Next up on the Careless Whispers uh, outline, if you will. It's not an outline. It's a four-thing list. Another NBA topic. Guess what, Calvin? I uh, I bought four Golden State Warriors tickets the other night, yesterday, today. Whichever day you're listening, that's when I bought them. I bought them this afternoon. Uh, And I'm going to the game in Oakland that the Celtics are playing on March 31st. So that's exciting. And the reason I tell you that is not so you'll stalk me and pick me out at the game, which good luck in that stadium. It's huge. Uh, It is that our next topic is the fact that those Golden State Warriors – completely whooped up on the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James in their home on their home court. And uh, there are also some rumblings coming out of Cleveland that I saw today. People speculating about things that Kevin Love had to say, which I, I don't really, I'm not going to get into any speculation on that too much, but we'll tell you about that. What did you think about that game the other night, Calvin? And what does it mean for the Cavs? Do they need to reassess their situation in the middle of the season here? Are they in trouble because they got smoked by the defending champs? Yeah, yeah, they're in trouble. Let's do, let's do a little backstory first, shall we? So, I don't know how much you've been keeping up with uh, the sort of the talk in and around this game, but, um, you know, the other day when Kyrie Irving came back and he, he had a good game, I think he scored 27, uh, LeBron, you know, said after the game, he, he said, you know, Kyrie Irving is the best point guard in the game right there with Steph Curry. So, Man. Hold on. Can, yeah. can, I just, can I just say quickly before you finish the, the description of this? People and players in this league, I don't care who you are, LeBron James, I don't care if you're the best player in the league, don't compare anybody to Steph Curry. He's the reigning MVP. He's doing it again. And don't knock, don't talk crap about the Golden State Warriors. Even if you go out and beat them like the Milwaukee Bucks did, don't talk crap about them because they will beat you the next time. And they're going to come out with, with, a, with a fire under their ass and kick your ass. And that's what they did to Cleveland. So continue. Okay, well, uh, before the, the game the other night, uh, apparently Steph Curry said to somebody uh, that the Quicken – is it still Quicken Loans Arena? Can't still be quick and loans, right? It's got to be something else. I believe it is. I'm sure it is. The, the Q. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So <laughs> it's, it's still quick and loans, Rita. Uh, he, he he said that it still smells like champagne from when they celebrated <laughs> their championship, which is a pretty awesome trash talking line, if you ask me. It's pretty yeah. hilarious. And yes. you know, LeBron, yeah. of, of course, somebody, somebody immediately ran that back to LeBron, of course, and, he, and LeBron said, oh, well, well, we'll have something for them tonight. Now, right. uh, the Cavaliers got blown out uh, when they played the Warriors uh, on Christmas Day, or, you know, not blown out, but beat by a significant margin. And the thought was, okay, you know, they were going to come into this game looking for payback. They don't play again this year. Uh, again, those quotes were made before the game, 
and they went out and got systematically destroyed in their own building. As most teams do. Let's not let's not discount that. This is really this is really more about the Warriors in my mind than it is about the Cleveland. Uh, but maybe you feel differently. Maybe you feel like Cleveland is is just turning into a shell of themselves. But either way, most teams get systematically destroyed in their own building by the Golden State Warriors, except for the Celtics. Uh, I sort of do feel differently, and and the reason is they they also have lost to the Spurs twice. Uh, you know, they got Kyrie back in love, and, and they started rolling, and everyone thought, you know, the Cavaliers are back. But really, they're just fake back. I guess this is what it's coming down to to me. I typically don't put a lot of stock in regular season games in terms – I mean, I do because I enjoy, you know, watching them, and I, I just love the NBA. But I don't necessarily put stock into, like, the, how this is going to affect the playoff. But I think in these special scenarios when teams have particular motivation, they're not going to play again this year. Uh, you know, they sort of had that rivalry already happening. Uh, LeBron was, was angry that, or, you know, used Kyrie as, like, part of the reason why they lost this year. This was their time to, like, show the NBA or, more importantly, show the Warriors that they can legitimately compete with them. And they got obliterated. Kevin Love and Kyrie didn't play particularly well. LeBron, you know, played okay, I guess. But you saw them in the game get frustrated, like Steph Curry hit a three, and then he guarded LeBron in the next play, and LeBron, like, one-handed shoved him to the ground. I don't know if you see that. I feel like clearly he, they wanted to win, and, like, I just – this game just made me realize that I don't believe in this Cavaliers team. I think that they're ripe for the taking. And – they're probably end up so, going back to the finals, but I, I don't think that they can beat either the, either the Warriors or the Spurs. I'm just, I'm, just, so, I'm writing them up right now. Did, did you see the Kevin Love quote after the game uh, that people some people are talking about right now? Or would you like me to read it to you? Uh, or both? Read it to me. Read it to me. Because I want to know if you, if, if you are going to read anything into this or if you just think that it's maybe being taken out of context or that he didn't mean anything by it, but... Uh, he somebody asked him uh, about uh, being blown out and, and what needs to be done, how they're going to fix things. And he said, we have a lot of things to get better at. That's going to take a lot of guys looking themselves in the mirror. And it all starts with our leader over there and dwindles on down, sort of motion or pointing over to LeBron James. Yeah, this is a super fascinating element of the Cavaliers. Which it, it's it's kind of under the table, but not really. Which is that Kevin Love and LeBron don't like each other. Now they're, yeah. they're both they're both nicer guys than Shaq and Kobe. So like, you don't see the kind of sniping that that like was in that era of the Lakers. But I saw and, and neither one of them are like crossing the the line at that level. I don't I don't know if they hate each other at that level. But like, but LeBron, you know. Uh, LeBron recently, like, posted a photo with, like, J.R. Smith and Kyrie Irving, and, like, he's in basically, like, a, a bunch of Cavaliers uh, hanging out. And Kevin Love uh, took that picture. There was, like, a rookie on the team. I forget I forget his name. Uh, Kevin Love took that picture of all of them hanging out and, like, superimposed his own face over the rookie's face on Instagram. And, I don't know if you know about that. And, yeah, he was trying to be funny, but at the same time, it's like 
Yeah, LeBron like doesn't want to hang out with Kevin Love, and Kevin Love doesn't want to hang out with LeBron. And you see this all the time. Uh, you know, when uh, when Kevin Love had like last year this thing about like he's he's trying to fit out in, instead of fit in. And LeBron was like, "Why don't you just try to? Why don't you stop trying so hard to fit out and just fit in?" And I, I think there's all these quotes all the time, sniping back and forth between them. And yeah, I do think that when he when he talks about how they need to look in the mirror, starting with LeBron, that was a shot directly at LeBron. There's no question about it, Dwayne. Are you there? Did you mute yourself? Um. Yeah, I did. Good call. Um, no, that's that's fine though. I I just uh, I I don't think that he meant anything by it. He started by saying a lot of guys looking at themselves in the mirror. Although you know what, maybe you're right. Now that I look at it again, uh, he didn't say it starts with him and LeBron. It's just he said it looks like a lot of guys, and it starts with LeBron basically. So I don't know, Calvin. Maybe I'm maybe I'm on the fence and leaning towards your side at this point. Fair enough. Um, That's it for our NBA discussion tonight. So if you want more NBA talk, you should check out the Celtics post game show later tonight, because when this game is over in about 10 minutes, when we go off the air, they're not sharing our, our station, but if you want to call them, you can call them at three, four, seven, two, one, five, seven, 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 one. In about 10 minutes, it's Jess Thomas and Corey Prescott bringing you the post-game show uh, on the other Blog Talk Radio CLNS station. So check that out in a little bit once we're done here. Uh, It'll be fun. Anyway, uh, we move on to a non-NBA topic. It's the NFL, Calvin, and it's been so long that we've since we've talked about some NFL stuff on here that we are in – Championship week. Can you believe it? Three weeks in the Super Bowl. We're about to find out on Sunday which teams are going to be there. And that is time has has flown by, if you ask me, in that regard, because I feel like we haven't talked about the NFL in just a few weeks and uh, we're already here. So, who do you like, Ray? Give me some picks. Tell me why. Do we want to start with the NFC? Let's start with the NFC. We'll, we'll go. We'll deal with the Patriots Broncos game in, last in this segment uh, in in just a few minutes. Let's let's start with the NFC because I know less about it. Um, I, I would I would have to imagine that Carolina is is the team to beat in this situation, right? They have been playing so well this year. They have arguably the MVP of the league uh, of of the conference, I should say. Um, in Cam Newton, and they just they seem to have it all together again. And that team not only has Cam Newton making plays all over the field, they have a lockdown cornerback, and they to me that is the, is the type of team and the type of defense that is prepped to go to the Super Bowl and. I just I don't know I I don't know if Arizona can pull magic out of their hat two weeks in a row here, uh, especially going up against the, the number one seed Carolina Panthers. That team has has been running through almost everybody this year, Calvin, and I expect them to to win on Sunday. 
Yeah, that's funny because I'm taking the Arizona Cardinals. I just think that they're, I think they're, yeah, I think that they're just as good uh, defensively. In fact, arguably even better. If you consider their secondary, I know Josh Norman gets a lot of love, but Patrick Peterson still a better player than Josh Norman overall. And uh, I just think that they, if you look at their weapons, like compare their receivers to Carolina's receivers. I don't know, just down, just down the line, I think that they're the more talented team. Uh, they don't play as well on the road, I'll, I'll give you that. But I, I think Carolina, uh, not quite as good as their 15-1, and one, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll take the Cardinals to go to the Super Bowl on the road. Wow. Yep. Huh. I don't really know how I react to that. We'll have to wait and see and uh, brag but next week. Who are they yeah, play? I haven't had, I haven't had a great uh, run of playoff betting, so uh, don't take my <laughs> word for know. it. Don't take your word for it. Well, then let's take your word first on this AFC championship. How do you feel about this game? Uh, do Well, I'll, I'll word it this way. Is is this going to be a Brady Manning clash for the ages? Does this still count as a Brady Manning clash? That's what that's <laughs> what I want to know first. There you go. Okay, that's that's what I'm. And and Peyton Manning, uh, Peyton Manning has admitted that so much in in so much this uh, this past couple of days. He's he's admitted it. He he knows that he's sort of along for the ride, and he's just trying to make as many plays as he can and help the team in any way possible. He knows that this Broncos team goes as their defense goes, and he knows that he doesn't have the athletic ability that he used to have. He knows he's almost done, okay? So this comes down to the Patriots scheme versus the Broncos defense. What is Wade Phillips going to do and can his players, who are a superb, excellent, su- superior group of defensive players this year in the NFL, they have done an excellent job all year. They they have really locked down a lot of teams, Calvin. And it's a little bit of a concern because they are playing well and – that's what it comes down to. I'm not worried about Peyton Manning and the offense. I think the Patriots' defense is good enough to stop them. But the big issue coming out of Denver is Chris Harris. What have you heard about his health? I've, I, people are worried about his health over there in Denver. Uh, and I just not, – not necessarily what have you heard about his health, but do you think that if he's hurt and really only playing with one arm, like some of the rumors I heard uh, – is that a big enough factor to really make Denver's chances slim? Um, no, because they still have Tlaib, and they still have uh, what's, the, what's the other quarterback that they have? I can't remember right right now. Um, I feel like they're sec- yeah. Obviously, Harris is their best quarterback. Uh, I still think their secondary is is good enough, especially considering. Uh, in fact, if, uh, I wouldn't be especially afraid of the Patriots receivers, particularly on the outside. Um, 
obviously Gronk's going to be a problem anyway, but Chris Harris is the underside corner who probably wasn't going to be on Gronk in, in, in any case, right? You can't put a dude his size on Gronk. Uh, regardless, so I, I think that, uh, yeah, I don't think there's an issue as, as far as that goes, but I don't know if that swings it one way or the other for me. Um, to my mind, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's interesting. Let me ask you this question, though. Let's say Peyton, let's say Peyton Manning wins this game. Let's say the the Broncos win this game, eighteen to thirteen. Okay, and maybe they get maybe they get a pick six. All right, so Peyton and maybe it's seventeen thirteen. Let's say and Peyton Manning gets you know one he gets one touchdown and then they get a field goal, and then the Broncos sort of do the same thing and they and they win the Super Bowl. Does that? Does that affect the eternal Peyton Manning Tom Brady rivalry and who's who has hand in that situation, or do you think it, it doesn't matter at this point? Because people are, it, people seem to only be saying like uh, this matters for Brady's legacy, but but if the defense carries Peyton Manning to a title, does that affect Peyton Manning's legacy? You know what? I don't think it, it really affects anyone's like either one of their legacies. I think if Tom Brady loses this this game, then well, uh, we'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. But if he plays well and loses the game, then I don't think it's it hurts him that much. And I think that he still goes down because I mean, he's not done. He's he's going to keep playing for a few years. He's got another couple shots at this thing to go back and, and do it again. I I think he still goes down as having an excellent season and has sort of made himself a significant contender for the best quarterback in the history of the game up there, right with Joe Montana. And I don't know if there are another two guys that you put in the conversation of the best of the best. As far as Manning's legacy is concerned, Calvin, I don't think that there's anything that he can do in this game to make himself to, to cement his legacy more. I think if Denver's defense carries them to a win and he goes to the Super Bowl and he has a, a week of rest and he finds a way to make, some spectacular plays in the Super Bowl and they win that game, then that will put some sort of a legendary status on him. He's going to turn into this mythical creature and ride off into the sunset uh, as the legendary Peyton Manning because he played well in one, one week in San Francisco after having a week off. In that scenario, I think that he is helped. But this week... I don't think this game means a whole lot for either one of them. I don't think either one of them gets elevated or falls down regardless of the situation, unless either Brady plays horribly and it's, and he's a main reason that the Patriots lose or Peyton Manning finds a way to look like the Peyton Manning of old and is the, is the main reason for the Broncos winning. But I don't feel like either one of those scenarios is uh, very, very feasible. Rory, I was surprised to find out recently that despite excuse me, despite uh, Manning's overall record against Brady, the the record against of the Patriots against uh, Peyton Manning, it's it's only two and two. So this is essentially, you know, especially if you factor in the fact that uh, Peyton Manning, I don't know, I I actually think that Peyton Manning. Are you talking about Patrick's just the playoffs? Yeah, playoffs. People want to yes. point out, yeah. 
you want to point out Manning's career record against the Patriots and, and say, look how poor it is. But it, but they, they also want to point out uh, Peyton Manning's playoff record and say, look how poor that is. But the fact of the matter is, is his playoff record against the Patriots is not bad. It's two and two. This is, in, in, a, in a sense, this is going to be the deciding factor just between them, right? Yeah, and they, I mean, in, in, if you want to look at it like that, sure. But they they haven't met that much. So if you're looking at a deciding factor as far as which quarterback is better, then you still have to look at Tom Brady because he's won more Super Bowls, right? Uh, I don't know. To me, to me, that's that's not the entirety of the argument because, yes, he's won more Super Bowls. That, that's correct, right? But it, like the, the, they didn't the, the first three Super Bowls they won. Tom Brady was a different quarterback than he's been in, since that period of time. Tom Brady in the era when the Patriots were essentially a dynasty was not a throw down the field type of quarterback. He was a conservative quarterback, and they sort of won on the back of their defense and limiting mistakes. Is that not true? I mean, look look at his numbers all of those years. Oh yeah, they were they were dink and dunk, small yeah. completion. That was that was the way they yeah. did it. They were, they were Long ball drives team. down the field, ball yeah. to, or, uh, clock possession, all that. Yeah. And all of those Super Bowls ended with Adam Vinatieri moments more than they did Tom Brady moments. Yep. Yeah. So. Right. So yes, he has won four Super Bowls. I don't take that away from him, but I, I don't think that like that's the only argument. I mean, we can we can readdress this Brady Manning argument another time. But I guess I don't I don't just look at in a vacuum the four Super Bowls and say well. You know, if, if that's the argument, then then why is Terry Bradshaw not the part of this conversation? No, you're right. You're right. Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning is quite arguably. He's out again. You're in cutout mode. I said you're in cutout mode now. Yeah. Oh, weird. All right. Well, maybe we should uh, move on and and kill it then. But the point is that uh, Peyton Manning is arguably the best regular season quarterback of all time, Calvin. That's you know what? Uh, just, you can't really argue that. He's he's up right up there. Yeah, why don't we kill it? We'll we'll talk about the uh the NFL coming to LA next week. I'll still have these same opinions. <laughs> all right. Wow, that really just happened, huh? I'm I'm breaking up. You're breaking up. I can't I can't understand you. I can't understand Wow you're saying you like that. that was really annoying. Yeah, I did that myself. I did that on purpose. Yeah, just to show you how it, how it could be. But that's not how it is. So. Was that clear? Did that come through clear? Yeah, I love that you doubled up on the too many cooks trap. Can you gone to something else? I could have. Maybe I'll just play them all. Play them all on the way. Up. Yeah. Oh, that's loud. Yeah, that is loud. Because I'm pissed off for greatness. All right, Calvin, good night. All right, good night, everybody. Yep, that'll do it for us. We're out. Um, talk to you next week. And uh, tune into the Celtics post game show right now. They're already on. Go. Go. Did they win? I don't know, actually. Maybe we should tell the people before we. Uh, let's see. Um. Wasn't even watching because they're doing our stupid show. Did they win? Right. It's got to be over. No, they lost one fifteen to one hundred nine. 
Jess Thomas and Corey Prescott have you covered over on the other station. Go listen. Go now. And good night. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.